Welcome to Lorehammer Listener Lore, the Warhammer 40k podcast where you get to write the script. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And if you'd like to support the show and maybe even jump your story in the line, or maybe even read stories with me, or maybe you have a story you would like to read to me, head on over to Patreon at Lorehammer Listener Lore and check out all the cool ways to get involved and support the show. Enjoy. Welcome back to Lorehammer Listener Lord, the 40k podcast where you get to write the script. Hey everyone, I'm your host Marcus and joining me to uh, finish off his story is Jack. Welcome back. Hey, it's great to be back. Yeah, um, you left us on a cliffhanger, but let's kind of go back to what your uh, Astartes chapter is all about, the Dark Suns. The, mm-hmm. the things I took away is they're chaplain heavy, they have a planet that can jump through the warp, and they have 20 guys that they're hunting down. Yeah, last we looked, yeah. They had some some traitors. <laughs> some traitors in the midst. 17 of them uh, got found, but there's three that are still out there. Last we checked, yeah. One of them could be my father, even. It's it's hard to say. Ooh, not gonna not gonna touch that <laughs> one. Oh boy. <laughs> okay, well, uh, let's dive into your story. <laughs> okay. The 13th Black Crusade and the Battle of Fenric III. While most of the heavy fighting took place in the Cadian sector, many of the surrounding systems fell under attack from Chaos forces. The Dark Suns answered the call of the two planets they cared the most for, Fenric III and Agri Cavena VII. The Forge World came under assault from the forces of the Dark Mechanicum, with a large amount of Heretech forces pressuring the Forge World the Dark Suns saw fit to dispatch the entire third company to secure the planet and ensure that the chapter's supply line remained intact. The fighting was vicious and the third company suffered heavy losses, with over 80 casualties over the course of the campaign. While the planet suffered a great amount of damage, it would recover following the end of the Black Crusade. In the wake of the Ultima founding, the Forge world once again became a major supporter of the chapter. Their debt to the chapter reaffirmed through the efforts of the third company. A large monument was constructed outside the Fabricator General's office in the plant's primary refinery. It bears the names of the Battle Brothers that lost their lives in defense of Agri Cabana 7. The primary engagement of the chapter took place on Venric 3, where the entire chapter, apart from the Third Company, was dispatched to fend off a massive invasion of chaos and traitor forces. These forces were led by the greater demon Drael Shavoth once again along with the Chaos Champion, Xariel the Stain, a member of the Fallen and one of the ringleaders of the forces that led to the fall of the Twenty. The mining world was heavily assaulted, with guard regiments and the PDF outnumbered by traitor guard. Chaos Astartes and Demons of Zinch. The arrival of the Dark Suns served as a major morale boost, despite the significant forces that still assaulted them. The Dark Suns were able to push back against the tide of chaos forces, but even with the might of nearly an entire chapter, the planet began to fall to chaos. While they did inflict heavy losses, the chapter began to suffer attrition as well, losing nearly half of their marines in the dog days of the 13th Black Crusade. 
Benrek III took, looked lost as traitor forces continued to press the defenders and their bastions. Just as the war on Cadia was coming to a close, the forces on Fenric stood poised to crush the remaining Marines and PDF. However, in their greatest hour of need, the Dark Sons received unexpected help. Chapter Master Lucullus of Endor returned from his exile, finally having successfully interrogated the remaining members of the Twenty. His arrival was met with renewed vigor from the Dark Sons, and they cast back the hosts of demons and traitors. Surprisingly, the Chapter Master ordered that all forces were to begin evacuation procedures immediately. The Dark Sons would remain as long as possible, covering the escape. Such an escape seemed impossible as traitor ships waited in orbit to blockade and destroy any ships leaving the planet. The mysterious arrival of a large Necron fleet, which immediately engaged the traitor forces in orbit, allowed for evacuation vessels to begin departing from the planet and begin jumps to nearby systems. A large contingent of Necron forces would also make planetfall near an abandoned mining site being used as a rear command post for the non-demonic forces on the planet. The assault force Xariel the same to divert a large concentration of his forces to prevent his army from being routed and outflanked by the Necron. This left the remaining Dark Sons to fight off the demonic forces that were trying to prevent further evacuations. At this point, the prophecy that the greater demon had uttered nearly 8,000 years in the past was about to come to pass. Outnumbered and surrounded, the Dark Sons will make their last stand against the machinations of the demons of Zeech. They fought valiantly, buying precious hours and days for the people of Venric to flee. But with each passing hour, more battle brothers fell. Even the exhortations of the interrogator chaplains seemed to be nearly useless in the face of such malicious intent. With only one transport remaining, Drael Shavath finally broke through the lines and confronted the chapter master. The battle would rage with an intensity rarely witnessed even by space marines. Lucullus's interrogator chaplain training and faith protecting him from the vile screeches and unimaginable horrors that the demon threw out of him. Seriously wounded, Lucullus was forced to use every tactic, every bit of his skill, and every bit of his strength to prevent his defeat. Yet the demon was intent on wiping out this chapter that had embarrassed him so long ago. As the battle seemed to draw towards an inevitable demon victory, a great tremor shook the planet. Several Necron war crypts, previously engaged with traitor battleships, broke off and swarmed the planet near their landing site. The planet began to suffer violent earthquakes as the Necron began to cut away great parts of the surface vigorously digging for something. After a few minutes, they extracted what they came for, later identified as a Catan shard lying dormant in the abandoned mining site, and began to pull their forces back. While this was occurring, the Necron Overlord, also later identified as the Pharaon Akhmotep, the Smiling Lord, phased into the battle between the Dark Suns and the Demons. With a small cadre of immortals in Lichgard, he swiftly cut his way where Lucullus and Drael Shavoth were fighting. The reports are inconclusive about what was said between the three. The Pharaon joined with Lucullus in, in fighting the demon. With the two of them attacking the demon, with the two of them attacking, the demon was overwhelmed, screaming in unfettered rage as his schemes of eight millennia were cast aside. The Dark Sun's chapter master once again struck the final blow, banishing the demon back to the warp. With the planet beginning to suffer major seismic activity, the remaining Dark Suns were forced to retreat into the final vessel leaving the planet. The Necron phased out and their ships departed immediately. 
though some scatter reports suggest there were further interactions between Akhmotep and Lucullus. With most of their fleet thrown into disarray, few traitors Astartes and cultist forces were able to evacuate the planet, though Xariel the same was among them. Smoring vengeance upon both the Dark Suns and the Necron dynasty that had thwarted his ambitions. As the Necron and Imperial fleets departed the system, Venric III succumbed to its seismic instabilities and began to break apart, destroying the planet's atmosphere and killing all remaining life left on it, including all the chaos forces left behind on the planet. It would be less than three solar months later that the remainder of the planet was consumed by the Great Rift in the wake of the fall of Cavia. While there were some inquisitorial questions about the Dark Suns not engaging with the Necron fleet while leaving Venric III, it was determined that the chapter was in no shape or position to wage such a conflict. All in all, the 13th Black Crusade took a massive toll on the chapter. Between the Third Company on the Agri Cabana and the suicidal last stand made on Benric, the chapter lost nearly 80% of its fighting force. An inquisitorial investigation was again relaunched into the rumors of Chapter Master Lucullus of Endor's supposed cooperation with the Necron dynasty, further complicated by the actions of the Necron on Venmark III. No concrete evidence or corruption or wrongdoing was ever found, but the rumors persist that the Chapter Master struck a bargain with the Xenos in return for information about the remaining members of the 20. With the Indominus Crusade beginning, the chapter was needed once again. Cool. Okay, so... Your chapter master returns. Um, I I could imagine like so they've been doing this quest for five thousand years and they finally completed. I could imagine like the ceremony and like the welcome he would receive. Um, no, he just comes straight back into a battle. Yeah, exactly. It's just like oh man, anticlimactic. Well, not anticlimactic. Just sucks to be him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh Venric three had a rough time it pretty much uh didn't really do too well <laughs> yeah no they got fucked up yeah there, there's a couple cool things happening on it too i liked when you had the necron digging for that shard and that kind of mm -hmm. imagery of them like kind of cracking the crust almost um and then yeah you you did it you did some necrons and astartes friendship is magic uh sort of well, <laughs> i've got i'm currently the the story i'm writing now is actually going to be about uh Lucullus and his interactions with the necron and so i'm gonna it's not gonna be i think so much friendship more just <laughs> mutual necron, hatred necron, yeah necron being necron and just playing games with the space marines <laughs> sure yeah that should be fun um yeah cool little scene the the chapter takes heavy losses but it's renewed and ready i'm excited to see if they take primaris or if they don't we'll find out i'm sure mm -hmm. the dark suns and the era indominus after using their fortress monastery and fleet to assist in relocating the people of vendrick to a new home a recently discovered but barely colonized mining world renamed Benric IV in honor of the people's home system. The chapter was faced with the difficult decision of allowing the new Primaris Marines to join the chapter. While many in the chapter's leadership were initially opposed to the idea, seeing the new Marines as being a near heretical creation, they were forced by circumstances to accept the new recruits. With only about 200 active Marines following the 13th Black Crusade and an increasingly unstable gene seed, it was the only choice if the chapter was to continue to exist. 
While many of the veterans continue to distrust the primary additions to their ranks, the stabilization of the Dark Sun's gene seed and the near incorruptibility of the Marines has made the transition easier. With the chapter master back in control of the chapter and with enough primaries to return to full strength, the Dark Suns have once again become a feared force for chaos and Xenos alike. With great purpose and a hunger to find the capture of the fallen brothers, the Dark Suns have set out once again to bring the Emperor's justice to the stars. Okay, so they do they do take the Primaris Marines. The next question would be: do any of the Primaris Sorry, do any of the firstborns cross the Rubicon and become Primaris, or is that like a line they don't cross? It's probably one of the lines they wouldn't cross. At yeah. least not at least not their run in the mill Marines. Some of the leadership might. Um just to try and kind of fortify their ranks or yeah. put the power up. But yeah, the <laughs> run of the mill Marines, those and again, it's only like it's a very small number of Marines that are left after yeah you know they had like 80 percent losses so it's you know yeah. eight companies worth of marines are just gone <laughs> uh um, not gone just sacrifice the chaos it's yeah they, they did something useful even in death but i think i think that is something that is going to be reflected in my actual army list when i do end up making it because i think i'm going to be doing primarily like primaris is my ground troops but then, um, and we'll get into this later with the, the chapter structure, um, basically a demolition company that's made of uh, Devastator Marines, so non-primaris. Yeah. Okay. So it kind of reflects that mix between, you know, the chapter has these new primaris, but it's got, you know, yeah. old Marines as well. Yeah. Uh, so then you also talked about how they went and renewed their hunt for the fallen. That's just like that typical dark angel unforgiven hunt. Cause they, they did find all 20 of them. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, that's kind of been the focus of this chapter for their entire existence. They weren't yeah. just going after the 20. Yeah. That was mainly, that was mainly just the chapter masters, you know, tasked to go and do that. Yeah. But the rest of the chapter still was, yeah. The rest of the chapter is still like actively engaged in pursuing the fallen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Chapter structure. The Dark Suns are nominally Codex compliant, breaking from traditional chapter structures in several ways. While the Dark Suns do hold a typical company structures, the first, second, and third companies are different from other chapters. First company, like other Dark Angel successors, is composed of Deathwing, the elite veteran company, and is composed of Marines donning the Indominus Pattern Terminator armor. It's it is only with extensive help of the tech priests of Fort World Agri Cavania 7 that the chapter is able to maintain and, if need, replace the prize Terminator armor. While the Deathwing has been deployed in mass on a few selected occasions, typically only a single or possibly two squads are sent out on any one mission. These squads make up the backbone of the chapter's hunting units designated to track and capture fallen brothers. Very few Marines with gene seed mutations have ever been allowed to join the ranks of veterans. The stigma against them being very strong. Um, they, do they let primaries become veterans? I think at this point they probably would. Yeah, okay, fair enough. The second company, again following the Dark Angels model, is Ravenwing, a highly mobile strike force dedicated to fast attack and hit and run operations. Ravenwing is typically only employed when space allows for the use of such vehicles. Uh, 
The tight confines of hive worlds or space halts make for poor driving areas, but an open battlefield on war-torn planet gives the Marines of the Ravenwing space to shine in their specified role. role. Third company, named Flamewing, by the Battle Brothers of the chapter. This company is equipped with a great deal of heavy weaponry, including meltas, heavy flamers, assault cannons, melta bombs, and other demolition tech. It has been the company's focus to seek out and destroy any armored targets or to encapsulate the unarmored enemies of the Imperium in the Emperor's Holy Fire. The chapter also possesses almost twice as many chaplains as Codex-compliant chapter, even more if counting the Marines in leadership positions who've served as chaplains previously. It, ex it is extremely common to see an interrogator chaplain when the Dark Suns are employed. Even for small missions, an interrogator chaplain will often be attached to a squad to ensure compliance with Imperial beliefs. Only on missions that require very few Marines or very routine search and destroy assignments will interrogator chaplains not be sent with Marines on a mission. Okay, cool. The flame wing's pretty cool. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah. What, what, what kind of inspired you or what was the reason behind making the flame ring? Uh, I really like the idea of having, you know, uh, part of the chapter that was specifically dedicated to, you know, destroying vehicles and stuff like that. And that's more of just uh, born out of all the games that I've played and just having some really annoying <laughs> Okay. <laughs> really annoying tanks and artillery just wrecking my position and I don't have anti-tank stuff. So I swore if I made a Marine chapter, I would have the necessary <laughs> tools to deal with any vehicles. <laughs> That's funny. Um, yeah. I, and once again, I like what you've done with the chaplains. It's cool too that they pretty much never go on missions without a chaplain. Yeah, that, that was like my main focus on the chapter. I just really wanted to lean super heavy into the chaplain aspect. Yeah, cool. Chapter beliefs. While the chapter is clearly loyal to the Imperium, many of the Battle Brothers are not beholden to current ecclesiarchical, ecclesiarchical teachings on the Emperor's deity. Being an older chapter and one founded by a member of one of the original 20 legions who served during the Horus Heresy, most chaplains still teach the imperial truth to their fellow Marines. While these teachings are holdovers from the pre-Horse Heresy Imperium, there are many beliefs that have been shaped by the Imperium since. One of the more controversial teachings that the chapter holds to is the belief that the High Lords of Terra are an evil organization. While this is unconfirmed, despite various investigations ordered to read out this quote-unquote heresy, according to the High Lords, the evidence for this hatred is based on the chapter's blatant disregard for orders received from the High Lords of Terra. The Dark Zones will only respond to calls for help directly from planets of systems in need or to the requests from other Astartes chapters. This belief likely stems from bad blood developed during the Age of Apostasy when the chapter was declared hereticus by Goj Van Dyer. The chapter has never forgiven the Lords for the slight and refuses to work for them. Since Lord Commander Rabu Gulliman has returned, the Dark Sons have followed some directions given in his voice, though there are many in the chapter's leadership that feel Gulliman is a poor substitute for the Lion, and would rather def defer to commands given by the Dark Angels in the Inner Circle. Extremely radical in their loyalty to the Imperium, 
The Dark Sons are often seen as towing the line between respect and brutality towards imperial citizens. While loyalty and adherence to imperial beliefs, even ecclesiarchical beliefs, are often treated with respect and even praise from the Battle Brothers of the Dark Sons, any show of disloyalty or heresy is met with almost immediate hostility. One incident that stands out is the interaction of a company interrogator chaplain who, upon learning that a planetary governor had accidentally allowed a ship full of heretic guard onto his planet, believing them to be reinforcements for an ongoing campaign, immediately executed the governor and his entire family along with him without waiting for an explanation or a trial. While the chapter still holds to the imperial truth, they generally keep the belief to themselves. They see the rest of the Imperium as flawed in their faith in the Emperor, but do not seek to punish or change others' beliefs, recognizing the utility in allowing for the common man to have faith in something higher. The chapter has worked with many orders of the Sisters of Battle in the depths of Sororitas over the millennia, most often with the orders of the Saints Awakened, who operate in the same sector as the chapter does. The chapter does not hold any official stance on the cult of Mechanicus, but does, at minimum, tolerate their beliefs. Excuse me, as evidenced by the inclusion of tech marines in their ranks. At least one tech marine is assigned to a company, and many tech marines are dark suns with mutations. This may point to the chapter's leadership being more neutral towards the cult mechanicus. It was likely a practical decision based on playing more genetically pure marines to become chaplains later. The highest ranking tech marines are the master of arms, responsible for deployment, training, and assignment of all track marines, and the keeper of armor responsible for the supervision and maintenance and upkeep of all the company's vehicles and ships. While possessing a great deal of sway and influence, these positions are not included in the chapter's leadership, but operate as a separate command within the chapter. They enjoy a close relationship with the tech priests of Agra Cabena 7. While the Dark Suns spare no love for Xenos and will eradicate them whenever possible, they tend to focus their efforts on finding Renegade and Chaos Space Marines, as well as the forces of the Empyrean. Cool. Um, so your chapter beliefs, they follow the imperial truth. Um, do they have any weird practices at all? Or is it all pretty much standard space marine kind of? They're going to be doing most of the standard space marine yeah. stuff. It's definitely going to be much more resembling space marines from like Great Crusade era than it is yeah. most other like more modern space marine chapters just because they were they're such an old chapter yeah and they've managed to kind of hold this tradition through their yeah. chaplains although things might start to change a little bit with the introduction of primaris marines sure um i would imagine too they have some of the more similar uh traditions to like dark angels as well just because they're <laughs> obviously so tied to them so like to become yes. a med- member of the Dark Angel or the Deathwing or the Raven Ring, I think you have to do something. So they would probably do that same thing as the parent chapter. Very similar, yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, you you finally told me about the tech priest. I asked that long ago on last episode. So that's mm-hmm. cool. Um, they give away, they're kind of tainted to the to the mechanicum because they're just like that. Well, their foot's halfway in the chapter anyways. Might as well give them the bad stock. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, it's more of like just like a practical decision. It's like, why would you have this this Marine who's pure, who yeah. could be a chaplain, go off and like do something completely different? <laughs> nice. And to them, it doesn't really matter because they're not in the 
the company leadership anyways, but yeah. they do still have a lot of influence. Cool. Um, yeah, cool, cool, cool. What was the last line? Oh yeah, they, they definitely prefer to hunt chaos space marines. So that's cool too. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Current notable Dark Suns Marines. Chapter Master Lacuus Avendor. As a ch- current chapter master of the Dark Suns, Lucullius is considered one of the most powerful and influential marines in the sector. Originally serving as a company chaplain, where he successfully conducted two interrogations, Lucullius was renowned for his skill on, battle- on the battlefield and his purity and the purity of his spirit. He serves as a captain of the first company, Deathwing, for a long period of time, starting in mid M41. He served as the most influential voice among the chapter's leadership in the absence of the chapter master. In 904 and 41, the chapter received word that the previous chapter master had been killed looking for the three remaining members of the 20. Lucullius volunteered for the position as new chapter master, knowing that he would be forced into exile until his task was complete. He would successfully interrogate two of the 20 in the next 80 years before his ship was captured by the Necron forces of the Akmotech dynasty. It is unclear what transpired over the next several years, but he later resurfaced at the Battle of Venric, having completed the exile. Many rumors still abound regarding uh, his relationship with the Necron dynasty's ruler and what information may have been passed between the two. He denies any speculation and accusations that have been thrown his way, though. Um, so, yeah, this guy, you didn't really add a whole lot new to him. Does it? Maybe yeah, a little no, bit. I just kind of uh, summarize yeah. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's a cool character. I'm not trying to sound like he's not cool or anything, but yeah. Uh, you want to read the next one? And we'll just jump back and forth between them. Sure. Next is Deathwing Captain Ferenus Ignus. Well known as the second most powerful Marine in the chapter, second only to Lucullus. Ferenus Ignis is the current commander of the Dark Sun's first company, Deathwing. Clad in his bone-white Terminator armor, he is well known for his brutal tactics and unrelenting aggression against the enemies of the Imperium. Serving as the leader of the small council in Lucullus' absence, he is regarded with awe and respect by his fellow Marines. While most of the chapters are reluctant about the addition of Primaris Marines to their ranks, Ferenus is happy to welcome the new Marines. Seeing their pure gene seed as a cure to the mutation woes the chapter was experiencing prior to their arrival. In this time as a chaplain in the first, in the first company, Ferenis earned more pearls than any other member of the chapter, successfully interrogating seven fallen brothers. Cool. Uh, brutal tactics, unrelenting aggression. I like him. My kind of guy. Uh, you brought even in that he got some pearls, so another like Dark Angel tradition that really just you know, mm-hmm. ties him back into that. I like him. Yeah, I think the definitely the most like notable thing about him, I thought, was the the fact that he likes the Primaris. Yeah, 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 for sure. Um, yeah, he's like, why not? And then his reasoning is sound too. Like, yeah, they're pure. Like, they're just they're just better. <laughs> yeah, I like to think he was probably one of like the biggest voices in saying like, hey, we should definitely take these guys on. Yeah, following the the thirteenth Black Crusade. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, he's the first company uh, captain or whatever. So, you know, mm-hmm. he's he's up there in the he, chapter. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah. Cool. Captain Tenebris Equitin. Equitin. <laughs> Master of the Ravenwing. 
The Dark Sun's Ravenwing commander is notorious in the chapter for his zeal and violence in hunting down and destroying heretics. One of the few officers that continues to wear his chaplain armor, he rides in the battle when his brother's in tow, destroying all that comes before him. His most well-known accomplishment was running down a Drakari Archon at the end of the battle, breaking his legs so that he couldn't run away, and then subsequently trying <laughs> tying the Archon's limbs to four different vehicles, which then drove in opposite directions, tearing the Screaming Eldar apart. <laughs> Fucking drawn and quartered him. Yep. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, this guy is sweet. Like, I can I can picture what he's like as a person. He's an ex-chaplain, oh, yeah. and now he's, yeah, just zealous. Cool. Just tearing Eldar apart. <laughs> yeah. Always fun. <laughs> yeah. Master of Arms, Ferrum Machinus. The chapter's current chief tech marine is well-regarded despite his mutations. Having gained the trust of the Dark son's leadership over a long and storied career. He once was able to convince a land raider to charge an orc fighting position without a crew, defeating a distract or creating a distraction for a squad to quickly infiltrate and overrun the surprised orcs. Uh, cool. <laughs> That's nice. Always fun. I noticed that uh, you didn't have the third company ch- character in this list. Was there a reason you just didn't write them or no reason to write them? Yeah, I just forgot. <laughs> okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, I think I'd like to see them just because it is that special um, company that you have in the special fighting style. Yeah. Just an interesting way to incorporate a little bit more. But Yeah, um, I think if I did add anything else to that, I, I think this would that would definitely be part of it would just be to add a character. It's just at this sure. point, I don't have... I think I would add him definitely if I had like a special model. Sure. Okay. Fair uh, enough. To add it. But so until yeah. I get that, like, I don't really know if yeah. I want to like nail him down yet. Yeah. Well, it doesn't ruin your lore that you don't have him. I still really like yeah. it. So. <laughs> I mean, there's, there's definitely someone, but uh, yeah. yeah, I think I'm just waiting on the right time to introduce them. Yeah. Sounds good. Chief interrogator chaplain, Istias Ira. Istias served as the third company chaplain for many years before ascending to the chief interrogator chaplain position. Many have claimed that in the heat of battle, that uh, Istias is literally too angry to die, sustaining numerous wounds that would have killed Lesser Marine. While he claims that his loyalty to the emperor and his faith in the righteous cause of the Imperium are the reasons for his survival, he does possess a higher than average healing factor. Recovering from wounds much quicker than his battle brothers, this is not due to any mutation, as none has been found in his gene seed. But there are some that speculate that he is simply more attuned to his implants than the average space marine. This might also explain his prodigious size, being nearly half a meter taller than the average marine. Okay, cool. Cool. Okay. I like that. He just can kind of control his regeneration uh, gene seed a little bit better, essentially, eh? Yeah. Cool. I like that. Uh yeah, fuck. He's literally too angry to die. That's yeah, that's fun. Just the ultimate in interrogator chaplains. Yeah. Just being <laughs> too angry to die. Yeah. Uh Aurelius Kaisis, contemptor dread. Actually, that should just be regular dreadnought. I think I had to change him. I originally put him as a contemptor dreadnought. He's not a contempt. I think he's a venerable dreadnought now. Ooh, heck yeah. A venerable contemptor, perhaps. 
Possibly. <laughs> I don't know. It, it kind of all depends on whether or not GW actually comes out with contemptor models again. Mm. They got they got rid of them uh, except for on Forge World, I think. And my they're bank com- account can't can't handle that. <laughs> they they are coming out with the plastic contemptor for Horse Heresy game, but yeah, who knows if they're going to individually pack that or what? Who knows? Yeah, that's yeah, yeah, that's the reason anyway. Yeah. Oops. So yeah, he's a venerable dreadnought, not a contemptor. A former chapter master of the Dark Suns, Aurelius spent his whole time as chapter master in pursuit of the 20 fallen that had fled the chapter. Of all the chapter masters that pursued the 20, Aurelius was the most successful, interrogating four marines before he was mortally wounded in a skirmish with Dark Eldar raiders when they attacked his vessel. Suspended in life support systems, he was returned to Delorum, where he was interred in venerable dreadnought armor. He has since appeared in many of the Dark Sun's most critical battles, including the defense of Fenric III. He still bears a great hatred for the Eldari, especially the Drukhari, and has requested that he be included in any missions that involve slaughtering the cursed Xenos. <laughs> That's funny. I like that. <laughs> um, does he carry any, any, like, any Eldar trophies on him or anything crazy like that? Um, he might now that you he recommend might. it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I wonder how your chaplains would feel about kind of trophy taking. Um, do they ever take any like chaos trophies or? They're definitely not taking like chaos trophies because yeah. it's, it's too, it's too dangerous definitely yeah. for them. Yeah. But Dino's trophies, I think they would definitely be like, hell yeah, like show sure. them off. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah, very cool chapter. We we've read all your pages now. Uh, I love how much people can just fucking write. Like clearly, writing is a hobby of yours, just like modeling is a hobby of mine in 40k. It's so fun yeah. to watch how different people interact with 40k. Yeah. Originally, when I wrote this, I was just like, ah, it's just gonna be like five pages, just like <laughs> just like a brief brief background that I kept adding to, it. and I'm like, oh, I should probably include some stuff about like. Um, like chapter beliefs or stuff like that. So I like write out a couple paragraphs of that. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, I should probably include like some of the notable Marines in the chapter. So I ended up typing out more paragraphs for that and it just kept building and building. And then finally I had this 13 page monstrosity and I was like, ah, crap. <laughs> That'll happen almost every time. <laughs> uh, every time. Very cool. Um, yeah. I, I like your chapter. There's a couple really cool aspects that, uh, you know, people have heard me say before, I like aspects on the tabletop where you see it and you you naturally ask, why is there two chaplains on the battlefield? You know, or just mm-hmm. questions like that. There's some of those things in your chapter. Hey, why is that third company all like X? Um, and I like that, you know, it draws you in. Mm-hmm. I definitely try to shape it around that idea of, you know, all the, everything on the tabletop, I wanted to have some lore to back it up. Yeah. So what exactly. I, I originally I actually came up with my army list first before I actually went through and, and made the lore just so I could go through and really kind of be like, OK, I need to explain this and why this is here and why yeah. I have a mix of Primaris and, you know, firstborn Marines. Yeah. Um, it's also nice that you've uh, include kind of you tie all your lore together. So, you know, we, we've seen appearances from Akmotep the smiling lord um mm-hmm. you know and i think there's another thing that you mentioned in this one um oh, was there another tie and maybe not 
Um, but yeah, either way, I like the tie-ins, you know, it allows you to kind of yeah. write some cool stories where you're not stepping on the toes of ultramarines or something, you know, you have permission mm-hmm. to do whatever you want and make a cool outcome for both armies. And yeah, it's fun. Yeah. I, I, I kind of set it up so that if I ever wanted to do more about um, a Astro Militarum army, I could do regiments from Venric three. Yeah. Um, if I ever wanted to do a Mechanicum army, I've got Agri Cabana seven. Yeah. I'm just kind of just having this whole kind of shared universe with my lore. So it's like all kind of interconnected. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It just makes it feel more living, you know, when, yeah, yeah when you say Venric three, like I, I remember it from other parts <laughs> and I, yeah. Oh, four guys, <laughs> but very cool. man. They, they got, they got a new planet. They're doing okay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh very cool thank you so much for sharing is there any other little details you want to share about them i don't think so other than that uh more stories coming soon about the necron and space marines getting chummy yeah yeah exactly uh yeah uh well when you get that obviously we'll have to read that together i'll get i'll get like krishna Ericon so we can just yell at you at how much we hate it no you little fuck yeah, it will have to be a multi, multi-part multi hate. It's going to be a long one. But <laughs> cool. I, I'd love to have Christian and Eric on just yell at me. <laughs> just <to> yell. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Cool. Well, thanks. Uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Uh, you know, if you have more, send it into Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to support the show on Patreon. Uh, Jack, thanks for joining us. Absolutely. Always a pleasure. And we'll see you guys all later. Bye. All right. Have a good one. Thanks for listening. If you would like to submit your story, you can email lorehammerpodcast at gmail.com. And don't forget to check out our Patreon page and support the show at Lorehammer Listener Lore. See you next episode.